Go. <laughs> so, AJ, how are you? <laughs> hey, that was the most delayed, delayed response ever. Was it? That's right. <laughs> you didn't come up with recording on my side of things. Normally it comes oh, up with right. recording. Okay. okay, we'll let you off. Um, yeah, I'm good, mate. It's, uh, it's been a, a busy day. Um, had people in the house, builders in the house, uh, putting in the wardrobes. Because um, I haven't had a wardrobe in a uh, long time, like four months now. So clothes have just been like scattered in suitcases and like on the floor in the spare room. So it's, it's nice to have them in place now. So they're pretty much finished those and they're coming back tomorrow and finishing like bedside tables and stuff. So the house has been a bit of a, bit of a building site, to be honest. Lots of, uh, lots of drilling, not the good t- kind of drilling. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so interrupted for check-ins, but we've still got the job done. And then had a D-volume leg session. So I decided to pull the plug on a D-volume. Uh, would have been like sort of six days ago now, five days ago, because I've done three sessions of it. Um, well, that was actually the second leg session. So I've done four sessions of it now. Um, and what I'm doing for this D-volume is I've just done uh, only my back offsets on compounds and then on isolations, just taken off a set and gone down to, you know, just one, one or two. It depends on how many sets I was doing previously, but normally if, if I take down a set on ISOs, it ends up being like two sets for arms, one set for calves, things like that. So just basically, I came home from a leg session about, like I said, about five, six days ago. And I just felt like borderline ill. Like I was like, felt like my, my nervous system was just giving me all the, the red lights you know, just basically telling me I need, I need to back off. So um, I'm glad that I did because uh, I, I, I still felt shit for like three, three, all the, all those first three sessions. Like today, today and yesterday is the only first few days that I felt moderately like back to normal. So um, yeah, it was almost to the point where it's like, it was not only interrupting my, my sessions in terms of like the desire to train, the readiness to train, but it was also interrupting my work as well. So it's just way, like way slower to get going in the mornings, even though I have to get going. So I still did all the jobs I needed to do, but I just hate, I just hate feeling slow and sluggish. And and then that's again, it's something that comes as a sort of par for the course. We've talked about this before, but that's par for the course for me at the moment, because I was, 192.6 this morning so i'm getting close to like the heaviest i've ever been and i'm gaining pretty pretty quick if i'm honest like most weeks i'm gaining at least a pound so um condition's still decent i mean not gonna lie like i'm not i'm not lean but i definitely look a lot different to when i was last this this weight and when i'm allowed to show pictures of me in the gym when we get back to the gym um i will take an exact photo of uh, most muscular that i took in ultraflex at like 195 and i believe i'll be about that weight when the gym's open so it will be like a direct weight weight comparison um and i've lost i'll have lost even more of my color by then so i'll probably be the sh- same shade of color that i was um hopefully fucking not because <laughs> i'd be so annoyed um but uh, yeah, like I said about the lethargicness, like I'm starting to get a bit more, a bit more sluggish, but nowhere near as bad as it was when I was this weight last time. So I'm definitely handling it better. But it's just like even like 10 degrees outside, like obviously when I go for a walk, I'm like a bit cold. But in the house, like during the day, I'm I'm like warm all the time, and you know, like all the, all these things that are like normal sort of peak off season weight things are starting to set in. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing that's benefited me has just been staying in a, a much better routine with sleep, much better routine with with nutrient timing, meals. Um, and as much as it's been up and down in terms of you know gyms and where to train, it's been the best off season to date, really. So I can't really complain, mate. Um, where do you think your sort of upper limit is in terms of pushing your body weight? I remember speaking to you um this was ages ago and I remember I think this was your first push-up and you'd say you never go over that 200 pound mark or yeah and, and you never did um so is it this time around is it going to be maybe not potentially this first push-up but maybe if you're for example I mean to an extent you could maybe if you have wiggle room to go 
But obviously with plans further on later on in the year, is it really worth pushing that far to having to pull it back? So that's sort of the predicament you're in there. And in my opinion, it's, it's probably not. Probably it's not. cost benefit analysis now, mate. It's like the cost of gaining the weight will come with some negatives. And if those negatives are strong enough to outweigh a lot of the, a lot of the pros, I won't, I won't gain the weight. Right now, the weight's coming on easy. The appetite's good. I would say good because if, if you asked me like three days ago, I would have said great. But the last two days, I've started to hit a little bit more of a wall. Like the readiness to eat a meal is a little lower. And like I just finished a meal about half an hour ago, 45 minutes ago. And I had to go for like another short walk because I knew otherwise I'd, I'd be really sleepy for this podcast, like really sleepy. So, you know, there's some, some of those things definitely setting in, but I think I've got really, uh, I've got a few cards to play. I can, if my appetite dies, I can literally just drop food in the search for appetite, not in the search for body comp or anything like that, but drop food in the search for appetite. So like a, even it could be like a week or two weeks of just lower food just to regain that appetite back so I can hold off shoveling food. In. So I, don't, I don't think there's a reason for me to need to do that when I'm in a relatively short off-season push if I, if I do go ahead with competing this year, which I'm pretty confident I will. Um, the whole plan for potential prep is, is starting at around 20 weeks out, which basically this weekend will be 11 weeks away. So I'm not, pre- not going to gain a pound a week for 11 weeks up until that point, realistic, I don't think. I think it will be get hard, much harder to gain that pound. And that will put me at like 202, you know, and that's just that's just too heavy. That's just too heavy. Like, I'd rather start at like in the middle of the 190s um, yeah. with less fat on my ass. I, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm holding good shape. Like the last time I was this weight, I was just emerged human it was just a sheet of just it was just skin there was no like yeah (laughs) and and my face was really bloated and puffy and you know like and that was partly because of the food quality food quality was dreadful um and my body was very much fighting me so i can imagine it was very inflamed i didn't listen to it when i needed to pull back and deload so um yeah there's so many things that have improved but overall it's it's exciting but i do, I, I would like to share some more of the, the progress um yeah but at the same at the same time i'm quite enjoying just 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 working away so that i have something basically what i'm going to present when i finish when i go back to gyms and stuff i'm basically going to present my entire off season in a picture basically and that for me is pros and cons because the pro is that everyone sees something that is a long time in the making in one, one image, but also I like people seeing what equals that. So like, I wouldn't, I would have liked everyone to have seen all the PBs that I've hit up to that picture. You know what I mean? Because no one's seen any of my training, you know, my training has been really, really good. I've hit things that I've never hit before in the gym. Um, obviously you've seen some of them because I send them to you, but um you know the, the Instagram population of not so um, that's a bit of a shame, but again, it, it is what it is. I must admit that's one thing I'm missing out on with Instagram and stuff like that is just knowing what to post. I don't know about you, but just deciding yeah. what to post on your Instagram feed now when you when everything that you do revolves around going to the gym, things like that. It's um, you sit there. I'd love to pro, uh, pro, pro I'd love to. Um, get some videos out and things like that, what I'm doing and seeing how I've progressed. Cause I like to kind of keep it as like a sort of timeline to go look back on what I was doing at this particular time. But now I'm thinking, what do I post? I'm sitting there debating, think I can't post too much about me cause it's a bit boring, do a bit of client stuff. Mm. Um, I'd love to just add in a little bit of footage just to mix it up. Yeah. It's like your journal, isn't it? It's like the journal's it's empty. My, uh, if I want to talk about my week quickly, obviously the biggest thing was the, the pre-workout, which I took. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark side. Mate, I, I mean, I took to, it again. Go to the dark side. I, I went beyond the dark. I went, I don't know what side I went on. I just went beyond the dark side. I thought, <laughs> they basically have like a, a seven gram and they have a 14 gram scoop. So 
the 14 grand coupe, they, they call it advanced. So I thought, right, I'd like to class myself as slightly advanced. So I went for the 14. Um, it tastes like shit. Awful. I was like, oh, what is this? I mix. Now, what I've been doing is, because uh, I listen to the, the Fluid Abiad podcast, and they do 25 grams of carbs pre. Okay. And yeah. they'll do 25 gram of carbs in their intra. Now, for me, that works out quite good because I used to drink about a litre and a half of water during a training session. Yeah. Right now, I'm literally drinking about 600, maybe 750 millilitres. I can't do any more than that. That's the max I can have. Yeah, my yeah. intra work, especially on a leg day, just completely shuts off my appetite. Completely ah, shuts off. Okay. So, Too much just fluid. popping out, because I have 50 carb in my intra, yeah. dropping out that 25 and actually put it in my pre- just splits up a little bit so i'm not having to drink as much in the intra okay so i thought i'd do that took away the taste a little bit but i was just warming up on the leg extensions and that and i just noticed some my heart just palpating in a different way compared to what it used to it was like heavy thumps it was like boom 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 echoing fucking echoing i was over my mouth I was like oh i fucking can feel it i was like oh, what is going on here and then i did the typical going to the bathroom uh, the, the bathroom and kind of sit there and just debate what I'm doing for the next five minutes. Am I going to throw up? Am I going to crack on? And then all of a sudden I just feel like, oh, wait, I can crack on. Then I start cracking on. Then all of a sudden that, that feeling comes back and I'm back in the toilet. And then I think, oh, here we go. I can kind of feel it coming up from my throat. I kind of feel the actual process happening. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't sick at all. I'm, I've never been sick off a pre-workout anyway, really. So I'll be, I was surprised if I would have been sick. But the feeling I had was just horrendous about the rest of the session. Beyond dehydrated, just feeling unsettled, just feeling really unsettled throughout. And everything that I was doing, I was my breathing was just exaggerated. Like I, if I was someone else in the room, I'd think, what is going on with that kid? Like he's acting like he's 250 pounds at five foot five, five foot six, when really he's 170 pounds. I was, yeah, it, it, it literally felt like that. And then I got home and my appetite, uh, let me tell you, my appetite that night and probably to the next following morning for the first couple of meals was horrendous. Her it left me with horrendous appetite. And I, I, I decided to do 10 grams the other day and I felt the exact same. Not as much, but I, I did feel that sort of wanting to be sick feeling again. And I was oh, like, here we go. And um, yeah, now I'm just not going to bother taking it. Not gonna, I'm going to stick to, uh, I, might, I might go back to the coffees because we've got a Starbucks on the way to the gym, drive through one now, new yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking I might just stop there, get a black coffee or um, something like that and just do that instead of the pre-workouts because, not going to lie, mate, I, I've been taking the pre-workouts like at 5pm in the evening. But I, I, mate, quite late for me. Doing that. I know. That's, I know. Like, a, that's like a big no-no. That's I know, I'm literally contradicting what I tell all my clients. Yeah, 3pm, <laughs> And you're taking um, double side at 5pm. Yeah, but but it doesn't affect my sleep. That's that's the thing, pre-workouts at the moment do not... Yeah, I could, but does it, yeah, but does it, because it doesn't affect your sleep, but could your sleep be better? That's the thing. Could, you know? Yeah, it like could that's, probably that's be. That's always the argument, is like, yeah. you think, oh, I'm getting away with this. <laughs> like, yeah. But, you know, your sleep could be better. Um, so, that was the biggest dilemma I had in my week. Um, so that pre-workout, and it's quite funny because people have actually been using my code and buying that pre-workout. So I've actually done that, some yeah. sales. It's, it's not <laughs> been that bad. I've actually got a decent, because people have been messaging me saying, oh, I want this feeling. I love this feeling. I'm thinking, when I think about it now, I think, yeah, I can't wait to feel like that. But in that situation, I think it's the worst feeling ever. Like yeah. when you're training, that's probably the worst feeling ever. Especially legs, like legs when your heart rate's massively elevated is impossible because you can't take sets all the way there because you, you're more concerned about the fact you're going to like have a cardiac arrest or something than you are, you know, simulating your legs. So yeah, I had, I've had that, I've had that like a few times. I had, um, well, that one incident, I'm sure you remember when I took like an, I accidentally took about, I think it was about like 35 grams of prepare when they gave out like trial tubs and Jordan sent me a trial tub and the scoop was wrong. And he did message me to like totally clear that up. He messaged me telling me how to weigh it out. I totally didn't see the message and just put in double scoop and the scoop was the wrong size. So I ended up taking like a massive dose of prepare. And that was just, that was the worst experience of my life. And then 
Um, more recently, I think I combined dial-in dial in with a coffee. So I had a dial-in and a coffee at the same time. Um, and dial-in, I think, has 300 mg of caffeine. I didn't realize, again, so just stupidity. So I don't know what normal Americano has nowadays, but probably 150, 200 megs if you have a large one. So that's like almost 500 milligrams of caffeine in one shot, one go, and that's a lot. So, yeah, it's crazy because like the, the actual research on caffeine, the performance effects, like you have to take a huge amount of caffeine to actually improve performance. Obviously, you can improve focus with like a relatively low dose, but to improve performance, it's like the amount of, of caffeine for your body weight is like it would put you into like a pretty bad situation in the gym most of the time. But um, anyway, we've we've blabbed on for a long time here, mate. People would be thinking, "Where's the bloody guest at?" So yeah. we probably <laughs> should get him in. I'll I'll I'll, I'll be popping across the link right now. So uh, we have we have Brightman on the show, don't we? Uh, is it our first live? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is actually, yeah. Uh, professional bodybuilder on our Beyond the Stage podcast. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So we're going to talk. We're going to talk definitely about that, uh, about how he gained his pro card. Um, definitely some things I want to go into, not only with his recent trip to, or trips, plural, to Dubai, um, and also obviously his upcoming prep. So, 100%. Hello. 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 Do I, does that sound all right? That sounds absolutely fantastic, Joe. All right, great. I, I had the gain a bit high there like, earlier on. I was like, oh, fuck you now. <laughs> How are we? How are things today? What have you been up to? I've, oh, it's been my first rest day on particularly low calories, which is not making me feel good. But oh, I've had, really? this to, had this to look forward to, which is nice. <laughs> how, how, how soon is, has this hit you sooner than usual in terms of like prep fatigue, hunger, et cetera, comparative to... Previously, so I saw I saw in a story you'd mentioned this, and obviously you started relatively lean. Do you think there's some things that are playing a role here in terms of how you felt sort of straight off the gate? I think what it is, mate, is it's that ex- expectation versus reality. It's what I thought was going to happen, and probably what everyone looking from the outside in was thinking was going to happen, and what probably hasn't happened. Um, I really thought this was going to be a breeze. Like I really, I even, I think I even said to you, mate, in Dubai, I was like, I'm not going to do any cardio this prep. Yeah, and then like week two, Cal was like, "Right, cardio is twenty minutes." I was like, "Sweet." Um, obviously, there's been some complications, but I think it's what's hit me mentally is just that I expected this to be a lot easier this time yeah. around. Okay, um, which was naive as ever. We learn something new every time. For sure. I always find on um, rest days, especially that's when I used to start wanting to find out what I could kind of do. So I used to like implement the 10 cow jellies, this, just playing around my foods a little bit more because yeah. I had more time to focus on that. And then that sort of transitioned into doing that more in the prep. And then it becomes a bit of a nightmare. Like I was adding baking powder to my bloody oats to make it expand, doing wacky stuff like that. And yeah. You fall into a bad habit and you look back and you think, why was I doing that? Yeah. And it's easy done. Very easy done. Sorry, AJ, yeah. you was literally going to say something. Yeah, for sure. I, I was just going to say that like, I like to, with these podcasts, start off sort of with a bit of the situation as what's going on right now. So I think actually one of the things I want to get into is, is your recent your recent trips to, to Dubai. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to sort of get a little bit of your insight. Obviously, I know, I've, you know I was there when you were there the first time. But for the listeners, how did you find that experience in terms of getting away from the UK lockdown? Um, what were the sort of the pros and cons for you? Um, was there, uh, what was the biggest reason as to also why you, you came back to the UK for your prep? So what do we start with there? Let's say pros and cons first. Um, actually, no, getting away from, getting away from UK lockdown. I think since coming back, I've appreciated getting away from lockdown more. I think in the moment I was very much in a bit, sort of a, a bit of a dream world. When I got back, I kind of realized how much it has been impacting people and how, I, I really hate using this word lucky, but I've done the work to get myself into a fortunate position in order to be able to enjoy that time out there and, and escape. That's literally what I did. So um, I think it was really actually quite important for not only like one, but even the second stint just to get like get away. Um, the first time or that, 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 that lockdown 2.0, I didn't have really a viable solution to train at, which is why I was like, I'm a bit stuck. Um, 
you know, I'd seen people going out. And I think actually when I decided to, I hadn't really seen many people escape as it were. And I was kind of crapping myself. I remember, I remember talking to you and, you know, all the media's like travel is banned. You need this, you need that. And I remember sitting at the airport thinking, oh, when am I going to get turned around? I was really nervous. The night before I left, I was really, really nervous. Um, and obviously I got out there and then it was a bit like, oh, well, I'm here. Um, so yeah, no, like looking back and even, I mean, while I was there, it was amazing, but looking back even more so, I think, yeah, you really like, you, you, you pulled a, you pulled a good hand there, um, sort of getting away. Cause it's not been, it's not been good back here. Um, and even now, sort of since I've been back, obviously my, I sort of arranged for my training situation to be sorted, which it, which it is now, unfortunately it's kind of under wraps, but it, it is, it is sorted. Um, and even still, it's not the same. Uh, it's not the same. Like just, I think that it's, it, at the moment it feels like groundhog day and i can really see that with a lot of people i've i've had sort of family members that are kind of mentally struggling as well um and i just think there's just there's been no let up for anyone um and even worse i think it's stuff that you can't look forward to things there's nothing there's been no light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of people which i think is probably the most like damning thing um so i guess i guess pros and cons i mean pros like i've, I've always wanted to live abroad um like for, for a good period of time in my life, just to experience it and see, and see something different. So it gave me the chance to do that for a bit. Um, it's, I don't think it's any secret now. I will I will be moving out there after, towards the back end of this year, once this prep's over for, a, 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 you know, various different reasons. Um, the cons, I think I spoke about this quite openly as well. Just, I, I think you are a lot better than this than me anyway, but I really struggled to get into any level of routine there. Um, other than training, which was, I mean, that's a given, I, that's something I do every day and I enjoy. So it doesn't, I don't have to work to fit that in my schedule, but um, work, eating in particular, I found tricky. Um, I think I can count on probably one hand the amount of times I actually cooked a meal, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it comes down to sort of cost versus efficiency. And really out there, it's just as easy to order as it is to, to cook and to cook and prepare um so that would they were probably the two big cons and then the, the, the final one is just the pure consumerism of that place like it will swallow you up um and i'm very much uh, aware of that for me as well that's like a danger for me um but i've got some contingency plans in place to make sure that doesn't happen too much when i move there potentially <clears throat> oh yeah that's sick i didn't actually know that you were planning to move out there full time that's pretty exciting though yeah man no it should be good so in terms of the situation at the moment with prep um, so you know you started relatively recently um, can you just go into the the first four weeks a little bit for us for anyone that hasn't paid attention to your YouTube channel if they haven't <laughs> make sure you do subscribe but talk us through sort of a little bit about what happened within those first four weeks yeah so kind of got back and like I said I really expected things to fly pretty quickly I remember saying to Cal like once I was back I remember saying sort of I'm pretty lean here like I expect this to be sort of we're already at sort of daily changes stage of prep like this should happen pretty quickly week to week there should be some some pretty rapid changes um so the essentially that the stack that we, we put in place so i've been cruising for a long time so low dose tests for a long time like probably like longer than people would normally cruise maybe 12 12 16 weeks that's like a normal like last length of time um so testosterone being within that sort of physiological range for a long time expected to see a big reaction initially nothing really happened from my perspective and i think once you're in it you you trust the processor for a bit don't you and then you start thinking nah hang on a minute um you know kind of body weight played a bit played ball a little bit there was one weird succession of like three days where i dropped like three kilos um so cal was like all oh, right we're really moving like let's get a refill in so did that it kind of went back up and then it kind of stayed there um i think it got to sort of week three or four and week three definitely body felt in bits um because i think i've been back to training i was tra i was training well performance was really good um but body felt in bits like i'm talking like the back of my knees was killing just from the walks like immediately lower back which is always an issue but felt like a real issue my delt like pinged i was thinking there's something not right here and the, the telltale sign was there was a libido which if no one's no one has paid attention that's kind of what what triggered me sort of going on a bit of a investigative mission as to what was going on i just had zero sex drive um and i wouldn't expect that to happen that early on in prep um especially if you're enhanced obviously so um it was speaking to tom and josh that i kind of it, it, it sort of pricked my ears up because they were saying the complete opposite so um, i spoke to cal and i was like look these some of these things are sort of adding up and i put a couple of pictures side by side and i was like nothing's really changed actually um i think you, you i think you can that whole law of attraction thing you think you're, you're doing everything right so you expect to see some change so then maybe you do see some change but you know whether it was just a pump or whether it's just good light and you sort of convince yourself things are changing but i then put some 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 objective pictures side by side and I was like 
mm, no, there's not been anything here, Carl. So then we sort of went to work and, and basically it, you know, it came to light that the, the, the testosterone of the stack was, was, was low dosed, underdosed, potentially bunk. Um, so I, I may actually do another updated YouTube video because I got my, I did test my blood last week um, and it's, it's, it's legit. So testosterone was at 15 nanomoles. Ah. So sort of slap bang in the middle of natty. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's kind of, really frustrating i mean it was bittersweet because i was like right a i'm kind of glad i've spotted it now because if we went on any longer that could have been more and more problematic but b you know we would kind of made all these adjustments and you can't then go back on them um you know so, so calories have already been dropped cardio has gone from i think it was 20 minutes on rest days to now it was 25 minutes every day um you know various lipolytics have gone in and it's a bit like ah you know all these these tools that we had could have been held off if, if we'd have known but um, it's a tricky one. It's uh, and it's tricky for you, and it's tricky for the for the coach as well. I think to spot that sort of thing when really in your mind you're thinking, well, he's doing everything right, and I, I know myself as a coach, I will always try and hold off as long as possible, making those big drastic changes because I want to. I know that some people get in shape very easily. Others, you really have to push them, and it's a case of, you know, that fine balance and how quick do you push it. Um, so yeah, that's that's the that's the upshot basically. Um, now we've as of the last week we have got some some proper testing, so things uh, will and should start to change. I think they are already starting to change, but body weight is now not playing ball because obviously the the change in in hormones we all know that impacts impacts body weight. So I've really got to detach myself from from body weight altogether at the moment and just think, yeah, you could be on stage at 110 kilos, and if you are, well, you've put on 15 kilos of muscle. So sweet. <laughs> um, but I'm still just getting my head around that. Sorry, just a question on the has that put you behind now in any sense? Has that changed sort of like because we all kind of plan out how we want the prep to be? Has that made things change in the next? coming weeks in terms of how aggressive you need to be or in terms of stack design, I, things like that? I would say it's it's not put me behind in terms of, like, I know I'll still be ready and I know I'll still be ready probably relatively comfortably, but it's put me behind where I thought I would be at this stage and therefore I feel there is some catching up to do. Um, like I was kind of thinking, so from the start date of my prep to gyms reopening, I, I remember saying to, to Tom and Josh, like, I'm going to be peeled by the time those gyms reopen. Um I'll be lean, but I'm not going to be like stage ready. Um, maybe, a, well, I don't know, actually, maybe a, five weeks is a lot, actually, based on where I'm at now, five weeks is a lot. So yeah. we'll see. Um, I just think it means we have to push a bit harder now for this. We'll still be ready early, but just we'll have to push a bit harder to get ready early and then start feeding up, I think will be the plan. Awesome. Must admit that plays with your head massively in a prep. Yeah, hugely, hugely. Just, yeah. I, I've got nothing else to say about that. I just relax on that situation. <laughs> no, it's that one where you um, you you can tell everyone else to relax, and then when it happens to you, it's just a bit like fuck. Do you know what I mean? It's like trying to do it yourself, listening to what you you know, listening to your own advice. It's very hard to do on, on things like this. I know you've got like show contracts and things like that, which obviously are a little bit different. But at least you have got to a degree, a scope of shows, like you're, you're aiming to get ready for shows that are sort of in the middle part of the season, aren't you? So at least if if worse come to worse, you could scope some other shows out if, if needs must. But, you know, yeah. obviously you want to be ready for a date, especially when you signed a contract kind of thing. Yeah, 100%. Obviously that that first, there's a reason we've chosen that first one. It's like, the, like I said, it's kind of the biggest one that I think I could put myself forward for um there's loads more planned like they're already sort of you know there's, there's other there's others in place and they're a little a little way after so you know cool. but that would that would that would really piss me off if i wasn't 100 percent for that first show because that's the, you know that's the return that's the the return to stage the pro debut it's it's very important it means a lot to me yeah for sure so we, we talked about difficulties within the first four weeks of this one I actually want to go into your last prep a little bit as well, because I know that it was there was a, definitely some difficulties with that one. And it was definitely mm -hmm. arduous. Um, I don't know how many people know about that prep itself. So um, if you could go into that in a little bit of detail, especially discussing the the rate of loss that you went through in that specific prep, because I know that it was uh, mm -hmm. on, on the side of aggressive for sure. Yeah. So that, that I, I, if I think about how that came about, I basically think my coach at the time rob basically said i think i'd planned to do a show in i want to say may um may potentially april 
but I think May. I think it was April. No, it was April. I wanted to do the one in Ireland. He then said, okay, well, two weeks before there's, or one week before there's one in, in, in Watford, why don't you go for that? And I thought, oh, that's a bit hairy. Oh, that's a bit soon. Um, the, 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 the story of last prep goes, it was my girlfriend's 30th birthday and we were going skiing and that was non-negotiable. Like we, it's a 30th birthday, but we're going skiing on this holiday. Um, and I was then, I was then going to be on prep on, on that holiday, which is pretty savage, but regardless that then becomes a week of damage limitation really and then on on return it was like six weeks and I was I was fatter than I am now for sure with six weeks to go so I think I went from I think I went from 109 no that's not true I was I think I think it was about 10 kilos off in about six weeks um which like that killed me and to be honest having that in the back of my mind is is quite good for me because I know like I know I can do it like I know when the going gets tough like I can that's fine I can dig my heels in but I never want to be in that position again and I think that's what's probably frustrated me is that I shouldn't be in that position now um and I should say as well I'm not like I think I spent those like all those six weeks on less than 2,000 calories a day you know my my training day calories at the moment are 3,100 um the difference is I'm I'm currently sitting at 150 I'm like 250 pounds like I shouldn't be on you know there should be no there should be no low calories in sight really in my opinion but obviously we've we've got a you know everyone's different and and i think historically i have had to push it um and i probably will have to again interesting yeah because obviously body weight will make a difference for sure but there's some people's metabolisms that just they're sticky you know like have you, have you found in off seasons that you have to push food particularly high to, to keep the scale rising? Have you found that you get on particularly high food? Would you say you're adaptive on the way up? This, this is what, I mean, this is what's really interesting. I think I have like almost the, the, the worst of, of both ends. So not in this last off season, which is why I thought I'd sort of finally cracked it. But my off season before that leading up to, um, I think leading up to my first pro qualifier, like I see this as when I like did my work. I got, I think I got up to sort of six and a half thousand calories um, to get my weight to about one, 108 or something like that. Um, and that was a pretty sloppy 108. Um, and then last year, I think it probably got to somewhere between four and a half to 5,000. Oh, sorry, the year before that. And then this year, I, this year I didn't get, I didn't get anywhere north of, of four and a half thousand. Um, and that's very easy for me to, to get, like, that's so easy for me. Like, I could do that with my eyes closed. Um, so yeah, I would say it, that probably does lend itself particularly recently to the fact that maybe I will have to push it. But having said that, there's been a long period of time over the last probably six months where I've had to actively try and keep weight on, um, you know, between three and a half to 4,000 calories. So it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. It, it, it seems to be ever changing. I think that's, like I said, I said it before that kind of that pattern is probably what's throwing me off a bit because it's not at all what I expected. So, yeah. I've had that with uh, quite uh, clients quite a lot in terms of um, like you push the food in off season really, really high, and then when it comes to losing weight, you think, Oh, you can we can we, we might remain on higher food, but we're having to drop food more and more and more. And they're questioning why, why, why are we dieting on really low food? and Sometimes people just need to get it done. Some people yeah. can get away with higher calories. Some people need lower calories. It's just sometimes it's a part of that. And that's something that you need to kind of accept. Yeah. Um, luckily, that's not like that for me. Um, I'm, I can diet for my body weight when I was like 145 pounds or so, you know, AJ, I was losing weight off like, what, two, 2,500 calories, which is... You didn't, yeah, you didn't get much lower than that, yeah. Um, that was the lowest I ever went on my prep. And yeah, really good. Um, my off season now I'm, I'm about 175 pounds and I'm just like sort of maintaining my body weight. I'm 4,200 calories at the moment. Yeah. So why well, are we moving less next prep though? You're moving I, like some sort of marathon runner. Yeah, <laughs> I look like, that's what I look like a marathon runner in the end. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, on the subject of food, Joe, I, I definitely want to dive into your approach a little bit with regards to like your structure of eating, because I definitely think it's for some people probably quite refreshing to see someone have a, like a, a flexible approach. Um, but equally, I can imagine that you get people and I saw uh, Tom get some heat on this uh, with his, his non-bodybuilding related granola. Um, and, you know, I, I I think, you know, it would be, just be nice to hear why you take this approach when obviously there's a sea of competitors, especially at your level, IFBB pro level, 
where they're they're eating you know the the, the same meals every day at the same time and you, you're becoming a little bit more flexible so just your stance on that well mate this is interesting so this is I've, I've gone through a bit of a paradigm shift on this actually um not probably quite to the level of like hardcore bro bodybuilding but i do think there's a lot of merit in sort of locking in a meal plan what that meal plan is i think that's where the the, the point of contention potentially comes in my opinion for everyone i think what the best option is and i'll now take this with my clients unless they need control completely taken away from them is here are your macros please sort yourself out a meal plan of foods that you can enjoy ones that fit your lifestyle ones that are convenience ones that you 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 look forward to and you enjoy eating and then let's stick to that um or or, or a pool of foods that you stick to and then maybe you up this or or or, or drop this what what i'm what I think I will really not ever do is eat exactly the same foods and exactly the same amounts on every single day. But what I have moved to now, and I will stick with this now for the majority of prep is uh, like I said, a pool of food. So I'm now my sources are essentially chicken, prawns, um, salmon, and then protein powder and egg whites. And then carbs would be like cream of rice, potato, rice, bagel thins. Uh, that's about it. And, and old oats and then fats will be dark chocolate almond butter and then sort of trace from from other areas so it's it's me creating a meal plan i enjoy but i am i have now moved to a bit more of a sort of regimented um setup and purely because of it's that whole thing with like like what george just said there, trying to get a bit creative on the days off and you know or oh, what can i fit in here and what can i fit in there when actually you know and i don't i don't think it matters whether your choices in fact i'm going to say outright it doesn't matter whether your choice is granola or whether it's cocoa pops or whether it's like you want to eat brown rice like that doesn't matter just choose something that you enjoy and that you can probably stick to and that you think you can get the most out of that would be my sort of stance on it however i think what you're talking about is my sort of the other end the more flexible thing which i will probably start i will often start a prep on because i think there's a lot i think there's a lot of progress to be had mate and i think i will i will use that for mini cuts you know, I would use that with clients who potentially are just on a fat loss phase, lifestyle clients. Um, but I think there is, a, I think there is, you know, when the business end of prep comes, which this sort of last four weeks has caught, sort of triggered in my head, like, okay, wake up now, like you've actually got work to do. Then I think there is, there is a big place and a big argument for let's be a bit more regimented here and sort of, you know, tick those boxes and not leave any, not leave any stones unturned, if you want to put it that way. Um in terms of flexibility, true flexibility, like I absolutely encourage that for off seasons. I absolutely encourage that for normal fat loss phases, but not when you want to get shredded glutes. I think there's a place for, um, I think there's a place for sort of, you know, a regimented meal plan as it were. Yeah. I think, I think I'll just share my thoughts on like what I've done. So I, I've, I've done the, the flexible diet for a whole prep. I, I did that once in 2015 and, I found my relationship with food was worse after that than any past preps because mm -hmm. the decision fatigue that I built up towards the end as food focus gets driven high creates such a, uh, an attachment to my fitness pal and yeah. what can I have? Oh, I can fit in this. I can fit in that. And then <laughs> I found that I'd even start planning out my entire off season eating schedule with different foods and basically loads of junk that I needed to wanted to try and eat. And I've just spend like way too much of my time on it. Luckily for me now, and I'm sure it's the same with you. I think the structure for me, and I must admit it's even in an off season for me. And the reason why I, I do stick to a pretty regimented structure with the meals is because I find that just, again, it's the decision fatigue for me. I don't want to have to decide what I want to eat really. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's, it, it's, it's a case of that, knowing what I have on a daily basis with some flexibility, if I want something new in the diet, but for the most part, having a structure just removes that time. And then I earn that time back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, but like you said, mate, you know, I'm, I'm very much all for, I think the, the missing point with a lot of coaching is potentially the fact that we just don't educate people. Coaches don't educate people on the ability to be flexible um and, and then that's a problem because then they think there's only a one size fits all approach mm -hmm. i.e this meal plan gets me lean or loses me fat if i don't follow it i don't lose fat um, yeah i think so yeah i think for me it's like um 
it's like it's educating people that, that there can be a huge amount of progress had with flexibility like it's not an on-off switch it's not like flexible yes progress no flexible no progress yes like it doesn't work like that um i will run you know for off seasons i'll run for the rest of my life with as much flexibility as i can um and i think that comes from where you are as a person as well in terms of what what means the most to you and i've always said this and i don't know if this ever ruffles any feathers but like bodybuilding is obviously a massive part of my life even more so now that it's my like full-time job as well but it isn't my whole life like i i put life first and then bodybuilding second you know bodybuilding sort of i've found something i'm good at i've found something i'm good at i've found something i enjoy i found something that i can now give me a decent life um and i owe a lot to it but I, i won't be a slave to it um and i think i've i've seen some really unhealthy behaviors in in bodybuilding that i always sort of shake my head at um and I, to be honest, I think I think even you've been there in the past as well. I, think, I know Thorburn definitely has been, and I've seen him get better at it. Um, but yeah, for me, I don't know. I just think that I think that, the, and the way my life's been as well, probably sort of, you know, um, who I've spent more time with, perhaps aren't in bodybuilding. It's it's easier to sort of I'd rather be flexible and you know enjoy myself a bit more and know that. If you know, if that means to me, and this will this will this will certainly raise some eyebrows, if there's like a hundred percent of progress to be had, and I get to enjoy my life, and I make ninety five percent, I'm actually okay with that. I'm genuinely okay with that. Like, that's that's how I see it. Um, and also, I think there's times where you want to switch that on and off as well. So for me, like getting that pro card, that was that was like life or death for me. So I would have done anything to get it. And at that point, obviously. I think that's where it comes into it as well. Like when prep comes on, I am a hundred percent. So then off season for me is a time to just like relax a bit. Um, and then now obviously this is a big moment for me as well. So I'm going to spend the next, you know, nine weeks and then however many shows I do being a hundred percent. But when that's done, I, there's no doubt in the world I'll, I'll be relaxing for a good period of time. Um, I almost wish people were more open about it as well. I see, you see, you see a lot of the top guys trying to talk about it, but almost a bit cryptically um like you know Seabum for example like he won the Olympia I'm sure I saw in one of his posts or his videos the other day that then he just like didn't train for six weeks and I'm just like this needs talking about more because it's really important (laughs) um like people need to understand that you don't like it's like I said it's it's not you don't have to be 100% all the time sure you can if that's what you enjoy but um yeah that's kind of my my take on it yeah and that's brilliant I think I think honestly the mate I think they're scared I think a lot of people are scared, like because mm-hmm. they're they're like Seabom's got this front, he's Mr. Olympia. The last thing that that he 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 thinks in his head, maybe he wants to present, is that he's he's achieved this goal with a, a very relaxed attitude, because that's sometimes not what I don't know. It's a very difficult one. Because I, I mate, I'm be honest, I am I sometimes even feel like that. Yeah. Like if I have if I have an off-plan meal, it's very rare that I post that on my story because I just sometimes I just don't. I just don't feel like posting it because, mm-hmm. and as much as I post, I used to do this a lot more than I do now, to be honest, but I very much agree that, you know, from the outside looking in, it is important to post not only the consistent stuff, but the the things that you do do a little bit more flexibly as well. Um, but I used to definitely post a lot more of like, you know, every day I'd be going out to get the steps and things like that. And I think that's, that's important for, for a goal, like a, a competition, um but you're very right you know people should be sharing things um that they do that's that's a little bit more relaxed so you've i think you've woken me up a little bit one on that one as well to be honest i think it's just important for oh go on george i I was going to say like that's one thing which i try and promote like a bit of a a balance between the two like provide value but provide people i notice prefer like the day in the life sort of stuff you know there's so much stuff on, on YouTube nowadays, millions of views, day in a life for someone just training, eating and sitting down and doing fuck all. And people love it compared to a training video that anyone could watch. So I feel like, yeah, 110%, something which I think everyone should try, and especially, and I would love to see more of the pros do, is just show a bit of normality. Just show you yeah. being a human and letting your hair down and doing something different and just being a bit stupid. But you know what it's like with YouTube, people immediately in the comments oh he's this he's that he's you get so much hate on there that it puts you off you know you might get 100 nice comments but that one comment which is can can really put you off from doing any anything so mm. yeah i mean I'd, I'd love to see it but it just comes with hate it just comes with so much hate nowadays and everyone's got an opinion and shit it's just 
and I think as well when you're when you're in that like spotlight as 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 you know even a lot more than myself are you know people that have, have been to Olympias and stuff you give you then give people an excuse to say why you didn't win and 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 sort of and things like that I think you know you, a lot of people will make their bed and then they have to they have to lay in it I think probably Asia that maybe is sort of what you you're getting at because I, I see you as like very hardcore um and I respect it massively I always have done it's not been for me, but I can totally respect it. And I just think you like, you, you then make that bed. It's the same for me. Like I've kind of made this flexible bed as it were, but there's still things that I will, I will not be sure about posting even, you know, because even because I'm just a bit like, is this the right message to put across? Um, you know, when things get a bit, you know, a bit more, even more flexible or, or things like that. But yeah, yeah I think it's important just to be very fluid with your, like mindset I mean that comes with everything we all speak about this like making sure that you're open to new ideas of training and, and dieting and, and living and stuff and I think probably there's a, there's a bit more work to be done on that in terms of like like balance if you like um I guess my I guess my takeaway point on that is like you can have balance sometimes um prep there, there is no time for balance like I tell I tell this to any of my clients who are like oh I'd like to start a prep I'm like okay well first things first understand like this is going to take over your life um and understand that it, it could well get pretty horrible um but first and foremost understand that it's going to need 100, like 100 percent of you and it will take away from other parts of your life as long as you understand that and you're happy with that then let's embark on it um but as i said you know when that's done i'll be very keen for people to get back to some level of normality whatever you want to call normality for, for each person George, have you got any questions? Because I've oh, got sorry, some yeah. listener questions to go ahead with. Have you got anything that you want to particularly ask, Joe? I think that's all we need All we need to cover. I haven't put up a question box because every time we do it, we've never gone through the questions. So I've gone, you know, I'm not going to bother putting up another question box because we don't bother doing them. And people are going to be like, well, you got my question, bro. The thing is, like, we got some actually, like, decent questions, to be fair today um which i will ask i will ask in a second i actually have some of my own still that i want to ask so um when it comes to like traveling for, for these shows that, that you're going to be doing how, how does it all work because obviously we don't know how things are going to be with travel like commercially do you as a result of signing your contract do they do they get you across there do you have to take covid tests what's what's going to look like so I had to speak with Cal about this the other day because he sent me like a screenshot of like a thinking face. So I was thinking, oh shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it's fine. So the the New York Pro, they've moved to Florida because Florida seems to be like the promised land at the moment. Like it's fine. COVID either it's free. fine. Yeah, either it's COVID free or they're completely ignoring it. Whichever it is, I'm happy with it. Um, <laughs> to get into, to get into, well, now to get out of this country, you need a, you need to fill out this like little permit basically that says like why you're traveling um so i looked that up and it's basically like you tick a box to say work because i'll be competing in a in an event um the sticky one comes really for cal because why is he traveling well i would i'm happy to write him a letter from my company saying he's my coach and i need him there which i think is legit um but i think he will potentially speak to sort of supplement needs and say can can you sort something out um so that's getting out of this country which i genuinely don't believe will be an issue for me or us um the way i see it mate particularly as like you will know and you know from traveling to dubai if the flights are on invariably you can get on them um you know there's a, there's a reason there are flights on you know airlines need people on them so that's that um the, the, the funny thing is the first show obviously we will fly out i think uh, based on the current timeline of events we will fly out a few days before travel is allowed um so you will need these little forms filled out which as i said i don't think will be an issue um to get into florida there's no restrictions there's no quarantine there you just need a, a covid test that says you've not got it um or they're actually a bit better at it you, you either need a covid test or a letter from your doctor that says you've had it and you've recovered from it so i'm covered either way so that's all good um i guess the the more tricky thing will be getting back but that i hope will be okay by then because then travel is allowed so hopefully not an issue but i guess we'll see Okay, sounds relatively straightforward. Then not. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of box ticking. I think a lot of stupid box ticking <clears> is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I travelled for the, the the Italy show that I did, and that was like the first time I travelled in COVID, of course. So mm. it was uh, it was interesting because you know I, I I literally it was very much like when we went. The reason why I wasn't so stressed about Dubai when I went out um, because is because I went to Italy like 
literally two weeks. I'd stayed the, the quarantine from Italy and then went to Dubai. Yeah. So I, I, I knew how it was because when I went to Italy, I mean, I was shitting it as well. I was genuinely mm. like, like, I'm not going to get on this flight. We're not going to get there. I'm not going to compete. I'm going to have just done one show and it would have been a, a poor look. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all these things going in my head. I was like mega stressed about it. I was going to like come back with a positive test. So oh yeah, I think for, for people listening, like with travel and if you're looking to do shows that are abroad, um, especially later in the year, I think you'll, you think you'll just be all right, to be honest. Managed yeah. to get away with it pretty, pretty okay. So um, I think everyone's scared of the airport and scared of the, these travel things. But in reality, you know, like you said, you know, there's flights, people are getting on them. There's people that's got to travel for business, you know. Yeah. Business is just like, yeah, it's stopped in a way, but but it hasn't totally stopped. <laughs> yeah. can't. And as well, like, I think from, from the Dubai experience, what I expected was to get there and it'd be like border patrol asking you for like to see a reason. And actually it's just the cabin crew. They're just working. Like, they just want you on the fight. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, yeah. the trickiest thing for me, I think was getting back from getting back from Dubai to England. That was the Second probably time. the most, yeah, that was probably the most sort of strenuous just because I had to go. They obviously stopped flights from Dubai to England and, um, and then, so I had to go via France, which all sounded like it was pointless anyway. I remember so this. So I flew yeah. to, yeah, so I had to flew to, flew to fly to Paris. Um, sorry, my phone's calling. Flew to fly to Paris. And then someone checked my, like my test, my um, passenger locator form and something else. And that, so that was a bit like, oh God, but yes. it was fine. Yeah. First time any of those things have been checked though. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, first time coming into Dubai, you just go like that. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Copied and pasted the NHS text. <laughs> With like, your name just stamped in it. Um, Is that what it was really like? <laughs> you could do that, mate. Yeah, you could do that. Like, wow. There's no reason why not, because if you change someone's contact to NHS and you just did that, I mean, it would be crude to do that but that's how easy it would have been um you know so anyway let's let's roll with some of these these sort of quick fire questions mm-hmm. um juan asks you know joe is natural i think we've already covered that within the first 30 minutes of the podcast um, <laughs> sorry sorry joe that's probably no not worries. a nice not a nice question to to be asked um <laughs> I'm sure sure he hasn't followed you Um, Cambolo asks more positive question if he comes in with his best package does does Joe think he could win the the New York Pro Uh, no I don't think I could win the New York Pro I'm a realist um, as much as as an idealist I think I I honestly think if I look the, the best I can I think I can be top 10 um I, I believe that like that would that would be my hope i'd like to be i would love to be first call outs i think i can be second call outs based on based on a lot of things largely based on just the the size that i'll be bringing and the the look that will come with that i think um i am encouraged by the the shots i'm seeing now particularly now i've got some like fullness reappearing um and i just think that it'll pop so much more when when I sort of continue to get leaner, so that's that's probably my expectations for for that show. Yeah, I think that's definitely. I've, I've seen that on your YouTube video. It's been very realistic about your your placings, which I think is refreshing for sure. How much on on the back of that? How much do you think placings are uh, depicted by, uh, let's say, presence within the pro league? Like, do you think you have to build up a degree of reputation and turn up to shows to be able to start placing higher? Yeah, I think it's. I think it is. It's partly that. I think. I think it is, and it isn't because I think some people will, will rock up and they will win a show. Like in you know it, that's happened before. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to. It's it's very tricky. I think I'll have a better answer to that question after this year when I've seen a few of them. Um, but there's some that will be real wild cards. So some of the later shows I'm doing, some of the European ones, you know, there's there's unlikely to be any big names there. And if they are, I've probably competed against them before in the amateur ranks. So I'm very excited for those. Um, there's one guy, so there's, there's one guy who I competed against, I think twice. So once in Benidorm, he wasn't in my height class, but he got beaten by someone. And then I think I beat them. So you would put me ahead of him. And then in Denmark, where I won my pro card, he was in the overall with me. 
Um, and I obviously beat him to get the pro card. He's literally won shows since, like, see, won pro shows since then. Oh, okay. So I think he was, he's actually, he qualified for the Olympia, in fact. So, you know, some of these things kind of just, they play in the back of my mind. And I know that it's, it's very much like one day you could be their favourite and the next you, you couldn't. Um, but the fact that I've beaten someone a couple of times, that always plays in my mind a little bit in a positive way. Um, if they've showed promise, which obviously he has. So, yeah, um, like I said, maybe come back to me after this season with that question. Yeah, for sure. I've got a question about um, a lot of our audience, you know, are, you know, I'd say a lot, there are a lot, I see taggers in their stories, that's for sure, with like nine to five jobs. Obviously, if someone asked me, George, what's your best tips for, you know, bringing my best potential, bringing my best and managing a nine to five job, I'd probably send them your way and ask you that question because you've done it. Um, so what's your advice to people who are in that situation that want to maximize their potential? How would you, how, what's, what's your best tips around that nine to five? So I would say, I would say what I did. So I was lucky in that my work were pretty flexible um, in terms of like I could eat kind of when I wanted. That was, that was great that's kind of number one like you kind of almost need to have that nailed down but what i would say is i'd completely flip it on its head and, and use it as a like use the nine to five as a as a positive so what i used to find was monday to friday i was so i found it so easy to be on point because the days were so regimented and i had things to fill my day with so every single day was the same i would wake up at the same time obviously i would have to be at the gym for uh, six or six thirty i'd be on the treadmill by six fifteen or on the cross trainer do my cardio until seven or whatever it is or, or half seven then i'd get ready for work then i'd go into work then i'd have all my meals whilst i was at work and then i'd train after work and then i'd go home now the one word that, that absolutely has to underpin everything is obviously prep having everything prepared like every like you i i i don't think there was like a waking moment i probably got half an hour free to myself each evening when i wasn't like cooking for the next day packing my clothes for the next day you know putting well, yeah, that was that was about it. Like I used to have this massive bag that I would pack with because I would go, I would wake up, go in my gym clothes with obviously all my all my meals in my bag, all my supplements in my bag. Like it was when I look back, I'm thinking, fuck me, that was a lot because it would have been sort of three or four tubs of food. It would have been three or four like solutions in terms of my intra, probably my pre, my post workout, like protein, and then all my clothes. So I needed to take my work clothes. I needed to take my gym clothes for after work. Like so preparation would be would be like it's you just you're not gonna you're not gonna manage without that um and then probably the other thing i would say in terms of food find meals that are really convenient for you as well so i remember one of my main meals i had i had turkey sausages green beans and gravy every day for like six months or no it wasn't six months was it because i wasn't even on prep that long but it was so easy it tasted good and it was easy and it also tasted good when it was microwaved um so I really had to find meals that I like, you know, enjoyed. So I would say preparation is, is number one. Like you just, and that goes for anything, but particularly if you've got like a packed day where you have to be there to answer to people. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of meals, like find meals that you, you sort of enjoy. Um, I think that's probably, they're probably like my, my, my two main tips. Um, but really, honestly, I think like, having that nine to five there is really good for your structure it like there's no doubt about that it, it actually really can help some people um i think the difficulty comes where your job is potentially on your feet all day and you're maybe getting 15 20 000 steps in that's when probably it can be a bit of an issue because then your training performance you know detracts from training performance you come in really quick and then you have to sort of feed up quite quickly that could be that can be problematic um but yeah, I don't know if you if you think there's anything else I've, I've missed there, but I'd be happy to sort of say yes or no to it. Um, I'm actually thinking off the top of my head. You know, I think I've yeah. I've, to be fair, like I do, I do admit, like the nine to five is kind of very much routined, and it's just trying to find that routine. I think that's the most that's the biggest people that's the biggest thing that people struggle with is getting that routine in place. So I think you're hitting the nail on the head pretty much with your two points, if I'm honest. I don't think I've got much really to add. Otherwise, I'm just repeating what well, I'm going to... One thing I'll ask off the back of that is, have you found it any, any more difficult now that you've transitioned to full-time online coaching that you've maybe, you're still settling in. I know you've done this for a while, but you're still settling into what it feels like to be in a deficit 
in combination with doing what you do now and having the routine that you have with the coaching? Have you, have you found it a difficult transition at all? I don't think I have. And I think the reason is because I'm just so grateful now to be in this position. Like it's, I'm absolutely buzzing. Like I remember sitting there the other day thinking, oh my God, this time last time I was like having to pack my bag. Like the best thing about it now is, and, and to be honest, a lot of people will be feeling this anyway because of the way of the world in terms of work. A lot of people working from home, like being able to cook my meals fresh, like is just a godsend. Like I'm not having to microwave anything or eat anything I don't really want to. I'm not having to find these solutions because I can just, I'm, I'm sort of cooking it there and then, which is awesome. Um, and I've like, I've bought like my recumbent bikes. So obviously I've got that at home. So I'm just, I've, I've worked to make everything as convenient and, and, and as easy as possible for me, which is, which is great. Um, I wouldn't even say that like my, my food focus is particularly worse or I'm struggling being in the house. It's, it's like the kitchen, you know, the kitchen's away from me. I work up in the office and it's, yeah, I very much, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, and I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm kind of just grateful to be in, in that position now versus what it was last time. Definitely. I agree with that. I think when I, when I went full-time coaching, I felt like every day was like a holiday compared to what I had to do in the past. And that was even transitioning from just PT, you know, just the P the PT way of living is like, you literally just don't get any time for yourself really. So um, it's, it's a crazy transition, just owning your day, owning your time and difference it makes to your ability to bodybuild is pretty drastic. Yeah. Um, I have one question on coaching and then I think we'll wrap things up. So, with your coaching at the moment, obviously, you're doing very, very well. You're growing rapidly, just taking on a new coach as well to join the team. And when you prep, when the, the, the engagement builds and your physique starts to change, you start posting more, more content leading up to the show, you're bound to get, you know, pretty significant influx in inquiries. And, you know, I, I know that you're the type of individual that definitely will try and capitalise on that as much as possible. But have you sort of in your head started to set an idea of where that cap might lie in terms of, of, of client load and workload to be able to still maximize your, your prep. Cause I know it's tempting with the business growth and the, uh, and that side of things. And um, have you thought about that balance? So for me, that was, that was kind of one of the main reasons I got Luke in because there was a point last year where I was like, I think when it must've been between probably first and second lockdown, um, where I probably got to my sort of max numbers or the most numbers I'd had. And I was like, this is great, but I am very, very busy. Um, and then I thought, oh shit, what happens when I go into prep again? Because I literally remember, mate, the, the day I won my pro card, I came back to my phone and I had 15 inquiries like an hour later. And I was like, which I've, I always laugh about because I think I've spoken to people about this before, but nothing changes. You just, you know, you just got told you were a pro. Your knowledge didn't get better from getting that card. Um, and many IFB pro coaches will demonstrate that very well uh, as well. But um, that's kind of, that was one of my sole reasons for getting Luke on because like he, I, I could already recognize he was going to be a great coach. He is already a great coach. I'm going to go live with him at some point on Instagram, probably this weekend. Um, and in advance, I asked a load of his clients for sort of some private feedback from him, sort of anonymous for, for him to see. And I'm going to read some of them out to him, but they're amazing. Like for me to, that makes really, really proud to read the feedback that he's getting, um, you know, from, from his clients. So as I said, like he was the, this prep coming up and me knowing what happened last time was one of the reasons why I took him on because I don't know in four or five weeks if I'm going to be too worried or too motivated to be setting people up um absolutely i want to protect the, the you know the current clients i've got at the moment and, the, and what they're trying to do i know there'll be a few people coming back when gyms are open as well and things like that so he was a big driver for that um to bring him or that was a big driver to get him on board so i can then sort of help him fill his books and establish him as him as an online coach um but there's other things that i'm probably putting more time into in terms of what i want to capitalize on so particularly youtube like i really want to grow that um there's a, I don't know if you've seen me talking about it, like the, the training program that I'm, I'm going to launch. That's kind of the first of its kind that I've done. So, and I know we touched on this before in terms of that like productivity level. I'm, I'm trying to sort of put my fingers in a few different pies now. Um, and the, the coaching pie, I hope will, it, you know, trend along itself in terms of my numbers, but also Luke will have availability um, for, for a good period of time. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping to capitalize on is, is help for him fill his books and become a, you know, a fully fledged, fully sort of self self-funding online coach as it were yeah that's awesome that's really really cool to see um i definitely think 
you strike, you know, me as, as someone, and you still do, um, as someone that's very professional online and the way you hold yourself with your business is, is, is very, very cool to see. You see a lot of people, you know, when they get big in coaching, they lose the aspect of professionalism sometimes. And I think it's a really important thing to, to manage as you grow. Um, so yeah, it's just great to see that happening, mate. And you're making it, making a good stamp for IFBB pros, like you said, because um, yeah. it's not just a thing that should grant you a business, is it? You know, it's it's something that you build up through other means, not just the means of achieving athletic success. You know, yeah, hundred percent. And that was always the goal, really, for me. That, that's 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 my mission statement on my you know information pack. It's like I'm 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 here to. I want to, I want to bridge, I want to bridge that, bridge that gap to use Josh's uh, podcast name. I want to bridge that gap between, between IFBB pros and good coaches and sort of, you know, prove that they can coexist and not, it's not just a money spinner or, you know, something like that, which I think is really important. And I think there is a gap in the market for it, which is what I'm trying to exploit as it were. I think there's more actually having said that coming through. Um, I always talk about that. And I always, when I'm, when I'm saying it, I'm talking almost purely about men's physique ones. Um, off the top of my head, I would I would talk about Kuba. I would talk about Terence um, in terms of two others that I think do a great job of being IFB pros and very good coaches from what I can see. I'm sure there's loads. I'm sure there's loads of others, but they're the two that come to my mind initially. Um, but when I think about men's physique, I don't think there are any personally. Yeah, crazy. Anyway, um, I think we'll pretty much wrap it up there. It's been a pleasure, Joe. Thank Absolutely. you very much for your time. Absolutely. We appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, for the listeners as always uh, we'll leave joe's channel in the in the information box so if you haven't already subscribed go ahead and and, and subscribe to joe's channel i'm sure there'll be brilliant content coming your way from from him and also andy as well i believe you're working with andy for for a few videos no gordon gg oh gg yeah of course yes um, very good awesome all right so yeah guys we'll we'll leave you to it thanks again um like and uh, comment away anyone you want to see in the future as well um and we'll speak soon